Division A community. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Stay Curious, a podcast where we want to create diversity in thought without creating division in community. I am your co-host, Matt Fisher. I'm the care pastor here at Hill City, where we record this and every episode of the podcast. And I'm here with my co-host, Mr. John Wagler. Yes. Wags. Yes. I deleted this episode. <laughs> Take two. Take two. Boy, I felt a lot of shame. <laughs> Let me talk about the core emotions I felt when I lost our original episode on shame. <laughs> oh. It was such a good one, too. I it uh, really was. I, I don't. I, I don't, don't remember. I don't honestly, honestly I remember. The fact that we're not, we don't remember a ton of it, is probably proof that it could take a second take. <laughs> I don't know that it was a bad conversation, but no, yeah, you know, and that, it's, that's such an interesting thing. Like when you think about like how often, you know, like I think about like my sermons and stuff. How quickly I forget. Yeah. You know, stuff like it's crazy. I wish my brain. You know, you're on people who like their brains just like remember everything. Yeah. Like I'm like. I wish my brain was like that. I have like a good memory. Yeah. But not with the things that I would love to have good memories with. How are you with, I always spend so much time self-deprecating about not being good at quoting the Bible. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you're pretty good at like chapter and verse or did you have to work super hard to get that? I work at it. Yeah. I would put myself in a category of okay. Yeah. I wouldn't. Yeah. Like I was on a text string with some friends and um, someone had asked about Bible verses and, and, um, for like a specific one and I had like a general idea of yeah. where one was yeah. and but I wasn't sure I had to like Google and look it up yeah. but like two of the other guys like popped off really quickly with like specific I was like dang did they look that up or did yeah. they just know that you know so yeah. anyway I think the 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 most that you can say about how my brain works is that I can't remember whether the love verse is in first or second Corinthians but I can pray the Lord's Prayer in Aramaic <laughs> Like, I don't know what that says about me, but there it is. Um, But something about my brain is that it got real mixed up and deleted this episode. Uh, So we we talked about shame several weeks ago at this point. Um, We have concluded our sermon series on um, the eight core emotions Mm -hmm. from Voice of the Heart by Chip Dodd. So now we're kind of backtracking a little bit to talk about shame. Um, and then next week we are going to be talking about joy. Yes. I say next week, maybe we'll post them closer so that we can keep going mm-hmm. either way. Shame and joy are the two we have left. We talked about guilt last week. Um, but before we get into that, we're going to do what we do every week and talk about the core emotion of f- fury. <laughs> fury is one of the core emotions. Uh, <laughs> no anger is, but fury is not. And we're going to do a segment that we call stay, stay furious. All right, John, you got something? <laughs> you know, my shoulders bother me today. Oh, yeah, you looked a little squirmy in your chair. And I feel like I'm furious at just getting a little older. Yeah, that's a real thing. Yeah, you know, I'm 46, and I work really hard to stay in shape and all that stuff, and I do, you know, I do supplement re- re- routines yeah. and, you know, all that stuff. I, I think I might start getting into... um I was, I was looking on Instagram yesterday. This like it's called Human Garage. I think that's okay. what it's called. And uh, but it's this guy who does like a lot of breathing exercises, and mm-hmm. his whole premise is, is like your body heals itself. Okay. And so like all these different things. Like I so I was like working on. He did this thing with like his calf to attach into his Achilles, and so I I was like mirroring what he was doing. Yeah. And 
it worked. And so I was like, whoa. Yeah. All right. And I did something else that he did and, and it worked. And, I was, and so I was like watching a lot of those videos. So I'm interested. Yeah. That's I don't cool. know. Yeah. That's cool. Do you, do you remember how old were you when you realized that sleeping hurts? <laughs> like, I feel like I was like, I've had back and neck problems since I was a kid for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of runs in my family, but like, usually it would take something like I would do something and pull my back out or like hurt my neck. I was like 32 maybe or 33 when I realized like, Oh, nothing's wrong. Air quotes. Yeah. This is just how life is now. Sometimes I sleep (laughs) wrong and I wake up and it feels like somebody beat me. It was probably my late thirties, late thirties. Yeah. Interesting. I always wonder what it's like for like people who are more physically fit. You know, I, I primarily actually do feel really good. Like I, you know, um, but, just get little aches and shoulders aching a little bit. So. How do you figure out when you're overdoing it? Like, is this a room? Is this a overdoing it? Shoulders. It could situation? be. I think it's probably a combination, honestly, of like stress. Yeah. Um, just a bunch of stuff going on here at yeah. church, and then uh, lack of sleep, and yeah. yeah. I always so wonder about that. My like, body keeps the score, man. Body keeps the score. Yeah. Yeah. I always wonder about that. I sometimes, when I see, you remember Sting. The wrestler, mm-hmm. that dude still jumps off of like the balcony. Oh, really? Yes. And he's pushing 70. Yeah. And I'm just like, how? What is that like? <laughs> I mean, he's obviously in great shape. Like, sure. he goes to the gym every day. He's a wrestler. Yeah. But I'm just like, what kind of human growth hormone are you taking <laughs> that you can still take a dive off a balcony into a bunch of people? That's true. That's crazy. Yeah. I am furious at, I went. To... <laughs> Really, this is all I need to say. I went to a civic association meeting last night, wow. and that made me That'll do furious. <laughs> I don't even know that that needs more explanation. They are um, trying to, they're going to build um, some housing, uh, like apartment building, mm-hmm. uh, right next to Imperial Plaza, okay. um, which is right near our house, right near Bryan Park. Um, it's rent controlled. And so I think that's good. I think that's good. Now, <laughs> there were some older folks sure. <laughs> and folks of a certain constitution at our meeting that didn't feel that way. But I think it's good. You know, we work with marginalized populations. I know that there is a need for Huge affordable housing yeah. enrichment, especially as, yeah, things get worse here. So I'm for that. Good with it. I think it's a great place to put it. They're trying to put a back entrance um through our neighborhood and it's already especially right in front of our house there's the back entrance to like imperial plaza and we have been trying to get stop signs and speed bumps there forever (laughs) because it is mad dangerous i mean people are just in a hurry i get it but it's brutal like there is traffic where our kids play in a way that is like super dangerous and so it's kind of like, okay, so we're asking for a stop sign and a speed bump. What you guys are offering us is more traffic. Right. And it's just like we sat there for two hours waiting for them to talk about this thing. There's like the two delegates from our districts are up there talking about what's going on in the house and all of this stuff. And I'm just like, no one cares about anything you're saying right now. We yeah. only want to talk about and want answers for how do we – make this safe i just want two dang speed bumps literally like i kept texting jenny i was like i just want a speed bump like one of the delegates who i appreciated but she was just like going on and on about some some bill that they got chopped down or no some bill that they got passed about um 
like scanning license plates, which I'm like, cool. Mm-hmm. No, you know, less Big Brother is great for me. But that's not what we're here to talk about. <laughs> like, stop. Yeah. And it was just one of those things where I think in my head, I was like, I'm so down and so hopeless about the larger structure of government and healthcare and education. Maybe like a local government thing will give me some like, yeah, okay, here's something we can do. No, it's, yeah. it's it was very. It I think was, so much of the local government though is also buying into a lot of national like culture. Yeah. And feel. Yeah. You know where it's becoming just as the dynamics are becoming similar just on a smaller scale. I think it's true in Richmond for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. yeah the main Bay everywhere. For, but yeah. yeah. Um, for sure. It was, I was like, this is just a tiny little 40 person Capitol Hill meeting yeah. that where everybody is tense and the politicians are talking about stuff we don't want to hear about and nobody wants to talk about the real issue. It was like really, really disheartening. Yeah. But also, I'm in a pretty cynical place with that stuff right now. So maybe it's me. Maybe I'm being cynical. So that definitely made me furious. Also, it made me late for band practice. Um, so uh, we are going to go ahead and talk about the core emotion of shame after our break. Um, we're going to talk about um, a little bit of the sort of setup from Chip Dodd's book. Um, I don't know that you and I remember a ton from the sermon and we didn't get to re-listen to it but maybe that'll be good it'll be like fresh content that's right right um so we're going to take a quick break and then come back and talk about the core motion of shame y'all know we stay curious over here all right thank you to our sponsor thanks to our sponsor nobody (laughs) shame shame on all of you for not giving us money (laughs) i wonder when that'll get serious we should just it should be one of those things where like joke it into joke about it until somebody's like hey i'll sponsor you (laughs) I'm very into that as an idea. Um, so, John, yes, many weeks ago you gave a sermon many. about shame. Um, set us up. What are what are the gifts? What are the um, impairments? Mm-hmm. Um, and really quickly explain the difference between the two for people who are maybe new to the system of like core emotions. Yeah. So if, with every core emotion that we have out of the eight core emotions there is a gift to each emotion even if something seems like at the core level that it's a negative emotion Mm -hmm. there's actually like a positive element to it so you know anger might seem like it's a negative emotion but passion is the gift of it you know so um so there's a gift to every emotion and then there's if you don't process and heal or like become very self-aware there's uh an impairment to that Mm -hmm. and so when it comes to shame the gift is humility you know, and you obviously shame is identity based. And so um, it's it's this reality of like, oh, there's a, a humble disposition once mm. we understand shame. Um, but then the impairment to it is essentially a toxic shame or contempt, mm. which is like this. Uh, it, the contempt, the way he describes it is like a distaste for your humanity. Mm. Yeah. It's like I'm not good enough. Correct. At the core. It's an identity issue yes. versus uh Guilt, like we talked about last week, is more about I didn't do good enough. Shame is I'm not good enough. I'm not, yes. Yeah. Interesting. So before we get into it, we should probably just spoil a little bit and say Kurt Thompson, is it Kurt Thompson's book on shame, The Soul of Shame? Soul of Shame is wonderful. It's whatever we're going to say here is tertiary probably to to this book. So if if this is something that you are, as we talk, you're like, oh, this is really something I want to know more about, or this is something I need to process. Um, if you are somebody who constantly is finding yourself thinking, I'm not good enough, or 
casting that shame onto others, they're not good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, dehuman the outward expression of shame is dehumanization yeah. uh, in a lot of ways. Um, the book The Soul of Shame couldn't rec- I don't you know I, know, I think it's it's, it's truly, as close to definitive yes. as and I don't remember it being not that this matters to our audience probably but I don't remember it being it was like he's definitely a Christian mm-hmm. but I don't remember it being like super super theological it was pretty like counselory it, way more on the counselor side yeah. I mean there's 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 Bible in there sure of course but there uh he really looks at brain patterns yeah. and all this different stuff you know he's got uh if I remember correctly he's got nine ways that shame like kind of exhibits itself and and how it does it in our body and i mean it's truly wonderful yeah yeah really really good book so john uh having a little distance from the the message that you gave Mm -hmm. um how have you found what you learned from voice of the heart um and from writing the sermon about shame has affected you Hmm. maybe in the past 12 months five years whatever yeah it's interesting. I, I've been trying to like, you know, all of our shame issues are, are nurtured into us, mm-hmm. you know? And so really trying to like deprogram, you know, mm-hmm. things that, um, might have brought on shame, mm-hmm. you know, for me or, uh, or trying to learn what those things are even like, yeah. you know, um, I'm not, I don't even know that I know yeah. all of that. Those things are nurtured. It's like, that's part of the beauty of self-discovery. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think going through the book and like, processing a, a lot of it um since that time in particular around shame because well one you know on the enneagram level yeah. that's my thing yeah. shame yeah you know? yeah you're <laughs> a heart three. centered three yeah. so me too four uh, as a four yeah yeah and so that's that's just a reality and um i did not that is not something i've ever processed before mm. do you know what i mean like yeah. i i so you know we've been doing this kind of like inner soul work for yeah. years now as a staff but realizing that I, I never took time to process any of those things or even realize that shame yeah. was my thing, you know, mm. like until we started working through like Enneagram in the beginning and yeah. then even some of this stuff, like how shame like really kind of reveals itself. How does it reveal itself for you? If that's not too private, <laughs> <laughs> you know, th- there are a couple of different ways. I, the main way, and I honestly, I can't remember if I talked about this in the guilt yeah. episode or not, but um, one of the, the main ways that it has um, over the last couple of decades is really uh, sometimes I'll, I'll get in my head um, like this feeling of, oh, you're still the guy that mm. you used to be. Yeah. And uh, and so, um, you know, Lacey and I were just on vacation last week and, and we were talking about a bunch of different things. And, mm. you know, one of the things I was telling her about was, you know, I had like a, a week and a half, two week stint recently that was, I was feeling weird levels of shame mm-hmm. like that um, of my past and like, and really struggling with the, how it was speaking into me as a person. And it was like fascinating because at the same time I was feeling so dang close to God mm-hmm. and, um, and really like in on like my study and prayer and mm-hmm. like, worship was feeling special, like all that stuff and having good, like literally like good moments of like just silence and, mm-hmm. and all those things. But yet at the same time was like kind of feeling like this, like um, the word I used with lace, I said, you know, and this might be extreme, but like there was like a, you know, like 
one of the like phrases whispering was like, oh, that you're being a fraud there, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and um, and I know better, but I just had to be honest about it was like tapping into me somehow. Yeah. You know, and trying to deal with that. <clears throat> yeah. It's kind of like when the enemy uses shame, that little whisper of you're not good enough mm-hmm. or this is not who you are. You I think sometimes we try to ignore it or talk past it. But what we're taught to do in the Bible is to talk to, like Jesus talks to the enemy, yeah. right, in the desert. Yeah. Like, um, even, you know, when he's doing, you know, exorcism type things, like he always addresses directly the issue, mm-hmm. um, the spiritual issue or the or the evil sort of force, right? And I think that we want to talk around our shame a lot of the time or talk over it or try to dim- diminish it. Mm-hmm. But the only way to get, the only way to approach it is to speak to it directly. Yeah. Um, by by acknowledging, hey, this is what I'm feeling. I'm yeah. Feeling shame. You know, it's interesting for me. One of the things that I think has been a process for me over the last, I would say, six years, mm-hmm. would be my guess, uh, is I used to not overcome is not the right word. I used to try to deal mm-hmm. um, with shame stuff through ambition mm. and through um, earning something or status or wanting to be known for, you know, mm-hmm. some kind of success, whether it was ministry or business yeah. or whatever. And, uh, you know, I've, like I'm still ambitious as a person, mm-hmm. but not in a bad way, but the, but I've kind of like let all that stuff go. It was interesting. Um, I think, that's how I used to deal with it. So I think the process over the last few years is like now like learning what does it mean to like not have that as an out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, to achieve something or show something or like whatever. So like that's not my out anymore. Yeah. You know, so now what does it look like to to process all of it like in a healthy way? So this is interesting. Yeah. There's a great episode of the <clears throat> what's Ian Cron's like super famous Enneagram. What is it called? Enneagram podcast. Uh, uh I don't know. Ian Cron's Enneagram podcast. Um, <laughs> I can't remember the name of it. It's going to bother me. But Don, uh, Don Miller's, Donald Miller's on it, and he's like a three. He's like the three is three. Um, and uh, Ian Cron um, is talking about, yeah, just like shame with him. And <clears throat> he has this moment where he's like, well, if I don't achieve thing, what's it called? Typology. Typology is the name of the podcast. Look up the episode, the most recent episode with Donald Miller. They're talking about shame. And Donald Miller, who's the author of Blue Like Jazz, and he does Story Brand. He's like a fairly successful, well-known guy. Um, And he's like, well, and and he was being honest. He was having a realization in the podcast, which was so cool. He was like, well, but if I don't achieve that stuff, how will I know I'm lovable? (laughs) (laughs) It was just like, how will I have earned love? (laughs) And... And then there's this moment where he's like, oh, <laughs> right. wow, I just yeah. said that out loud, you know? Yeah. Um, because I think that's what the thing is, like, shame is a whisper in your ear that you're unworthy of something. And so your options are to either believe it and feel bad about yourself mm-hmm. or, and, you know, spiral into depression and, and all this other stuff, or try to counter it with, um, no, I'll prove that I'm worthy of whatever it is that my shame is telling me I'm unworthy of by achieving or helping for the two, you know, two's on the Enneagram. It's uh, I'll prove that I'm worthy by helping others with their stuff rather than Mm -hmm. working on my stuff. 
for the three, it's more external of like, I'll prove it by being successful in business or ministry or whatever. Um, and then for the four, it's more just like, you're right. <laughs> I'm not. So I'm going to wallow. <laughs> I'm going to wallow in it. Um, let me write about it or yeah. paint about it or, or cry about it. Yeah. Um, and so that's a really interesting, <clears throat> especially in a time of like, entitlement is like a real thing that I think a lot of us struggle with probably all of us in especially in this culture sometimes even as a counselor when I'm talking to somebody's shame it's even sometimes hard for me to look at them and go well you deserved a dad that or like you deserve you do you know you deserve because I think it's almost like I'm scared like oh I don't want to feed into their entitlement but entitlement is just false I deserve sure it's not real I deserve it's not really looking in the mirror and go like I deserved to not be abused or like I deserved to um, have a job that I loved or I, you know, like I do as a, as created in the image and likeness of God and, and as the physical manifestation of the love that he has for the universe, <laughs> I deserve certain things. Yeah. Um, but it's it's so it's a weird it's like you have to counter but then shame can come in and make it into entitlement rather than what it is which is i don't know repentance yeah how do you yeah. how do you think through that that's interesting especially with you as like a um somebody who is achievement can be achievement oriented or is competitive mm-hmm. do i i assume that you could see i deserve as like a real slippery yes thing a real slippery yeah. slope well i think like that's where the humility piece comes in right like i think there's like the the ability to say like you know what i did deserve my biological dad yeah to be a biological dad yep and a real dad yeah and he should have loved me and yeah. stayed around and like i deserve that yeah. as a kid yeah <laughs> you know? um he did not yeah um but like i did deserve that but i think like where that can get twisted so quickly is that becomes a defining element yeah. you know whereas like in the humble piece it's like well, you start getting grounded in your perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, well, I did have a dad come in, yeah. you know, a little bit later on in my life that, yeah. you know, uh, did a lot of p- very positive things, yeah. you know, and like really good things. And yeah. so like it grounds your perspective, like humility allows you to ground that perspective. So, yeah, I mean, I think we all deserve yeah. certain things. Yeah. And love, safety, yes. uh, yeah, yeah. competence. Uh, yeah, there's like a couple yeah. of things. Like yeah. every child deserves to have a mom and a dad that loves them. Right. Right. You know, but like, okay, that doesn't happen. And, th- and there's trauma with that and all that. Yeah. But I mean, when you get to like a place of humility, it's like, all right, how do I get grounded though in my perspective? You yeah. Know, what does it mean to then take some of this in and be like, okay, yes, I did deserve, but I didn't get it. So then what do I do with this? Right. You know, and what's before me? Yeah. yeah I think acknowledging that I think, I think um, dialoguing with your shame by acknowledging what you deserve or were owed Mm -hmm. is sort of like the process of when you say I'm laying this down, I'm laying it down Jesus's feet or I'm picking up my cross and bearing it. It's really understanding what that means. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's about acknowledging, yeah, you deserved a mom and a a biological mom and dad that loved you and stood by you and raised you. Mm -hmm. That's not what you got. Um, but if you just never acknowledge that that's how it's supposed to work, then you don't know what you're laying down to say, to say, yeah, but it's, but 
I'm okay with having, you know, like I'm okay. I'm going to move forward. I'm not going to hang on to, yeah. you know, running around victimizing myself about what I deserve. Does that make sense? It does. I think the other thing too is um, figuring out what is true. I think and that's, yeah, you know, I like that. It, like the I deserve is like what's true. Yeah. It's like uh, and even what's true in me and what's true about my future, what's yeah. true, you know. And so like I, I remember it was a long time ago, but I remember like at one point processing some of this and I remember just sitting there being like, yeah, but what's like what's real and what's true for me? Yeah. It's like, well, you know what? I have a wonderful life and like wife and Lacey. Yeah. I've got a good crew of people around yeah. me. I've like all these other true things. And mm-hmm. that helped speak into like, even like my little like blip that I had, you yeah. know, for the week and a half, whatever I was, one of the things I was trying to do was just like remind myself of what is true. Mm-hmm. You know, like being yeah. like, like all these things are true in my life, mm-hmm. you know? And I got to like embrace that reality rather than this stupid thing that's happening, yeah. you know, um, stop letting that define something. But, you know, what's what's really true here? Yeah. Yeah. And I think if if we really um, interrogate our shame a little bit, it does and we do it in a healthy way with people that we trust. Um, it really does sort of not it. It doesn't bolster your sense of like inflated self ego. Yeah, like entitlement. It actually sort of exercises a lot of that stuff. So, for instance, somebody comes to me in counseling and says, like, I just deserve this promotion. And I'm not getting it. I'm pissed off. Like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I, especially when we were doing anger, I was getting men, but women, too, coming coming to me to talk about their anger. And, of course, a lot of them, it turned out it wasn't anger. Um, but, but okay, <laughs> so I'm angry that I'm not getting this promotion or I'm angry that my partner isn't hearing me or I'm angry. Why are you angry? Well, because I deserve it. Mm, okay you deserve a promotion at work let's put that on trial a little bit why do you think you deserve a promotion at work and without fail or why do you think you deserve to have this from your spouse or for or you deserve respect from your kids or you deserve why okay um it almost always unravels to what do you really want well what i really want is acknowledgement for my hard work Mm. Uh, what i really want is and it all, almost always the ball of yarn comes down to, well, I just wanted, yeah, mom or dad to see me, to acknowledge yeah. me. I just wanted, you know, um, the kids in class to notice that I was good at this, that, or the other, but not good at X, Y, Z, Yeah, you know, whatever. And then we get to the, okay, yeah, good. You're right. You deserved for mom to, you deserved for, you know, you deserve love because you're made of love and God loves you and God created the universe. And so, so it's, it, once we get away from the little deserve, I deserve a promotion at work. Then we get to being able to say, to counter the shame by saying, yeah, you do deserve love. You do deserve to be seen. You did deserve to be heard or to have two parents or, you know, whatever the thing is. Yeah. Does that, um, track? Yeah, it does. I think things that prevent us from like getting to that place are, we don't realize even sometimes in our own shame how prideful and egotistical we can be. Yeah. You know, so, um, or, you know, how disoriented we are, you mm-hmm. know, like when we start blaming other people or we justify things or whatever. Yeah. Um, those, again, that goes back to like what's actually true, yeah. like what's going on here, what's yeah. my part, what's, you know, how am I dealing, what's, what's true around me. I think one of the things around shame too that I have just been learning more about is um, systematic shame, mm-hmm. you know? in the role that that plays for people yeah. and um 
that's a long, bigger conversation, but I think it's, it's something that I wish we would actually like breathe for a second and become aware of, you know? So for instance, if you're a person of color, Mm -hmm. you know, the shame, because uh, go back to like being called three fifths of a person. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like that is a, that's an identity marker. It's a nurtured shame put on people Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, and you can, we all know, and what's interesting is like, we all know that you can get generational shame, Mm -hmm. you know, by things that like, just get passed down, you know, as identity markers from generations before you. Um, And so that's been part of even like the conversation that's interesting. um, You know, I never thought about before, honestly, until. Yeah. When a a system joins the chorus of your inner critic to say, you're right, you don't deserve a vote. You don't deserve a job. You don't deserve those things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's really. I, I had a conversation with with uh, an older guy one time about. <clears throat> he was kind of trying, you know, just trying to love his neighbor better, doing doing a really good job of asking hard questions of himself. And uh, we were talking about sexuality, and he was like, "I just don't get like the parade thing. Like, I don't understand why there has to be like a gay pride parade, mm-hmm. or there has to be." And I kind of said to him, "I was like, well, there wouldn't maybe need to be if there wasn't." systematic shame like that's the unhealthy pride is the unhealthy response to an also unhealthy thing which is like shame and repression shame saying like this is about your identity being not good enough or Mm -hmm. like you being less than and that's why and that that goes for most marginalized people like the response to oppression and shame is pride whether it's gay pride or uh you know ethnic pride or whatever it's like it's kind of like the white blood cells of, of social, you know, social group, social dynamics. Like, is it always helpful sometimes in the short term, just like it's helpful for your body to register that you're sick and raise a fever. Um, does the fever quickly become a problem if you don't start to get healthy? Yeah. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, and I think it really clicked for him. He's like, Oh, okay. So it's like a response to systematic shame or systematic like mishandling of a conversation mm-hmm. um and i think that that's true inside of ourselves too though like if you meet someone this has helped me a lot as somebody who used to be very combative and can still be sometimes of like that person's just a jerk like i don't want to hear excuses like that person is just an egomaniac that person is just yeah. a jerk um whatever uh starting to understand that like w- instead of seeing an attacker or or a jerk or or a uh, an egomaniac seeing a puffer fish that's all puffed up that person is scared that person is ashamed that person feels guilty that person has lacked something in their life that has made them this way and you can see that in the stories <clears throat> it's one of the reasons I don't really care about sports but I really like sports documentaries mm-hmm. when you hear about that rare person who's like this person was at the top of their game and they were also so chill to be around yeah. usually behind that is a good relationship with a parent uh, a strong community mm-hmm. a good marriage you know like support in non sports ways sure, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. that made them healthy enough to not need to flex on them being the best basketball player, the best baseball player, or the best boxer. They didn't need it. They don't need, they're a puffer fish that doesn't need to puff up. They yeah. can just say like, yeah, right now it seems that people are saying I'm I'm the best at this thing, but uh, you know, whatever. 
Dave Grohl has a great, the drummer, for, or the mm-hmm. guy from the Foo Fighters, drummer for Nirvana. He has a great thing where somebody asked him one time, what do, you, what do your kids think about you being in the biggest rock and roll band in the world? He's like, usually when it comes up, they're just like, whatever, dad, get me a smoothie. <laughs> and he was like, sure. that is the way that I stay yeah. where I'm at, is like having people in my life to just um, ground me yeah, um, and not shame me for my success or for my lack of success, but also not like feed the ego monster, but just sort of like deflate me back to normal fish instead of puffer fish. Yeah. That makes sense. Yep. Um, cool. Well, uh, I remember on the last, when we recorded this the first time we deleted it and I deleted it for some reason I was like talking about shame and poop a lot. <laughs> like, <laughs> Cause it is like, <laughs> it doesn't come it doesn't come from nowhere there is like a core shame that's necessary to teach you not to poop in the common area you feel sure. shame so you go to the bathroom somewhere else to keep all the other uh people in this your is tribe a poop safe. light yeah poop light yeah this is a little lighter on that um but i read recently that shame is kind of like the sugar like the processed sugar of emotions like sugar's not bad it should exist right the problem is we put it in everything yeah <laughs> so back to your point of like it's really a nurtured shame is really this nurtured thing it doesn't it's not man made like we do need that feeling of like i need to go hide somewhere and do this thing <laughs> yeah um yeah. but the problem is is that our culture and our families and our brokenness and our sin puts it in everything yep um so uh thanks everyone do you well do you have any other thoughts i'm good uh thanks everybody for sorry for my my bad voice and for this late episode but thanks for being here thanks um for joining us on this journey of the core emotions um next week we're going to talk about joy and that will wrap up this series if you have questions quips comments or quotes you can email them to stay curious at hillcityrva.com um rate and review us and share the episode so others can get in on the conversation and as always remember to stay curious